I don't think the quantity of stupidity relative to society has changed, but the velocity with which stupid people can communicate their stupidity has changed. Never has there been such a concentration of new technologies disrupting an industry in the history of journalism. So when you have this cornucopia of options, you get an epidemic of confirmation bias. But once you get used to that din, there are real nuggets in the stream out there. And, and that's a good thing. You're listening to Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future with Naomi Brockwell. I'm joined here at Freedom Fest by George Will. He is a Pulitzer Prize winner and he was labelled by the Wall Street Journal as the world's most powerful journalist. So thank you so much for chatting with me. Glad to be with you. I wanted to chat with you from your unique perspective, being a journalist for so many years, covering all kinds of different landscapes, political, technological, social. Um, talk about the changing landscape in reference to the changing tech that we've seen evolve in the last few years. Well, the, the first disruptive technology actually was cable television. It's hard to think about that, but it was in 1980-81 when CNN came along and began to break up the oligopoly that had dominated broadcast journalism, ABC, CBS, ABC. In 1980, at the dinner hour in the United States, 80% of all the television sets in use were turned to those three things. Now that's gone down, the oligopoly's been blown up, and that's probably a good thing. But the costs of the new technologies, cable television, the internet, social media, never has there been such a, a concentration of new technologies disrupting an industry in the history of journalism. And you've seen the democratization of journalism as well. You know, the equipment is getting cheaper, more and more people are able to report on things that are going on around them. Do you think that's for better or for worse? Because it does add a lot of noise uh, to the journalistic landscape as well. It's a challenge for readers and viewers because they have to sort through a lot of static, a lot of chaff that's in the air. On balance, it's probably a good thing. I don't think the quantity of stupidity relative to society has changed, but the velocity with which stupid people can communicate their stupidity has changed. You have people able to make colossal fools of themselves in semi-public, but once you get used to that din, there are real nuggets in the stream out there, and, and that's a good thing. Do you think that people having access to niche groups and having social media sites that filter and seems to create this uh, this media bubble around people, do you think that that increases the polarization in society? It does in this sense. When you have this cornucopia of options, of viewpoints and sources to look to, you get an epidemic of confirmation bias. That is people seeking out only sources of information that buttress what they already believe. And that tends to drive people farther apart, further into cocoons, leading to increased polarization. There seems to be what people call clickbait, more and more of it every single year. You know, the old old phrase, if it bleeds, it leads. Um, do you think we're seeing more and more sensationalized news now that there are more media outlets reporting? Sure. Uh, it's not just the media. Some adjunct professor of gender studies at some third-tier college says something stupid about something, it gets picked up and someone gets indignant about this person. Who cares? How did we get to the point 
that a comedian we've never heard of before and won't hear from again says something offensive, and then we have to gallop off in all directions to advertise our indignation. The fact is, we don't have to. What's changed is the ability of the third-rate comedian or the adjunct professor of gender studies can shoot their opinions, for whatever they're worth, into cyberspace, and it, it, it is bait. It brings, it's like chumming the water for sharks. And everybody responds, but after a while, sure, that gets boring. You'd think so. I don't see places like Twitter getting calmer anytime soon. It just seems like it's a jungle out there um, and it's ferocious. I feel like maybe I'm just being nostalgic, but I feel like 20, 30, 40 years ago, um, looking back at newspaper reports or at articles or television reports, it did seem to be more tempered. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. No question about it. You know, part of it is the cell phone, the smartphone that gives everybody this sense of instantaneous access to everything. The first smartphone arrived on our stores in 2007. You said 40 years ago. 15 years ago is, is, is a long time ago. Uh, it's changing faster and faster and uh, you see tech in general changing faster and faster this is a tech channel where I talk a lot about blockchain tech and with regards to like media's representation of it do you think that the media is um, inherently going to be skeptical of new tech rather than champion it have you seen that in in history because that's what I see with respect to blockchain. I saw right off the bat people saying, you know, either it's silly, but then they were saying this is dangerous, and then they were saying this is useless, and then they were saying this is damaging, and and um, it, it, there seemed to be very little people championing tech. And I'm just wondering if you've seen like a, a pattern of that in the past. It's a pattern, but it, it goes far beyond tech and all the rest. The default position of media is skepticism. The default position is, if it's new, what are the downsides? What are the unintended consequences? What do we have to fear? Because no one draws much attention by saying, here's a lovely idea. You're absolutely right. You know, you draw a lot more eyes by being sensationalist and saying controversial things. So what advice would you give to people out there who are creating new products, uh, who know that the world is inherently skeptical to their new products? What advice would you give them for trying to get through the noise and get the truth out there about benefits of, of what they're creating? I just tell them to have confidence in Say's law. Say's law is that supply can create its own demand. No one demanded a smartphone. In 2007, people were perfectly happy with their old phones. Suddenly the smartphone appears and billions of people are suddenly unhappy with their smartphones. That's progress. People didn't know they needed it until they had it and now we can't live without it. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. I really appreciate it. Glad to be with you. For extra material and any links mentioned in this podcast, please visit naomibrockwell.com. If you'd like to watch the video version, please visit Naomi Brockwell TV on YouTube, BitChute or DTube. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Bitcoin, Blockchain and the Technologies of Our Future.